Welcome to the Stewards' Inquiry on the Winner's Enclosure. Over the course of the next six weeks, we're going to be focusing on all things Cheltenham Festival. We'll be looking ahead to races, reviewing races and analysing on each individual race, obviously with the intent of trying to provide you with a few winners. Well, I'm pleased to say I'm joined by Chris Dixon. And Chris, great to have you with us. It's exciting times ahead. Very much so. It's, it's that time of year now, isn't it, where the focus really does start to switch to Cheltenham. It seems for, for jump racing fans that sometimes to the, the detriment of the rest of the season on occasions that the talk is about Cheltenham from such an early stage. But we are starting to get now to the final prep runs for a lot of these horses. There's horses that we'll be discussing that will now head straight to the festival with a nice time frame from their most recent start to the Cheltenham Festival and obviously after the Dublin Racing Festival over the course of the weekend we've seen a lot of the key performers now we know what they've got to offer and it's just trying to um, form an opinion ahead of Cheltenham the one thing that you've got to bear in mind with the anti-post betting I think Emma is that we really don't know what the ground is going to be it was always an assumption that you would get decent ground come Cheltenham in March but two of the last three festivals that hasn't been the case and it's wetter than it's ever been um, in the last few weeks so it's impossible to know what ground we're going to be dealing with but then you can find plenty of horses that have, have got form on both sorts of surface. Well the obvious starting point is to reflect on the weekend because there were some pretty monster performances by some special horses weren't there? There were, uh, most of them trained by Willie Mullins um, who's just got <laughs> yeah. a, um, a, a fantastic a, a stable of talent at his disposal at the moment. He hasn't just got one horse for some of these races he's got a couple in occasions that he's got three horses and when it comes to the graded races I think it is going to be very much an Irish domination they seem to have the strength in depth Paul Nichols has um, a good few to aim at it and obviously with the likes of Shishkin then Nicky Henderson has, has got um, shouts as well but it is going to be the Irish that are the ones to beat I think and Willie Mullins with the weekend that he had at the Dublin Racing Festival um, put out some sparkling performance, didn't he? Mm. Well, let's start with Monkfish because he was phenomenal. He's so natural, isn't he? Yeah, may as well start with the best of them, I suppose, Emma. He really yeah. does look a, a star performer, does Monkfish. I mean, how could you not be impressed, really? Um, I think the, the, the two things that impressed me most were his jumping, which is just so slick mm. and swift. He, he's a, a horse that obviously stays well. We saw that. At, uh, at the Cheltenham Festival last year, he's a staying chaser, but he's very, very quick from one side of a fence to the other. He doesn't spend much time in the air, and that is obviously helping him. But then the raw pace that he's got when he was just pushed clear yesterday for little more than a, a small amount of persuasion, the response is immediate and swift, and he disposed of some good horses in emphatic fashion. He, he looks a real superstar. Mm, he gets in close as well if he does he's so athletic that his shoulders he can lift them up he bends his back and he's he's just faultless really in what you see I mean it it's going to be difficult for something to beat him isn't it you would think so I mean you know something could come out the, the woodwork I suppose and Cheltenham will be a, a different type of test over fences to what he's had before but he's he's got that that um that festival form in the book from last year and it's pretty difficult to pick holes in him, to be honest, the way that he's been going. And he's going to be targeted at a race that the stable have got a good record in as well. So you, you sort of look at all of those factors and, and he just looks like a horse that is going to be very difficult to beat come the festival. 
Mm, I was just going to say to you, if, if, if you had a, a runner in the race and you were trying to set out about beating him, <laughs> is there a way, do you think? <laughs> I'd probably duck him and go elsewhere. <laughs> Although, having said that, you, you, you're going to then be taking on in Wylan in the, the shorter distance race and, and then you're going to have uh, an Ergamin or Shishkin. I think that the point yeah. is really that the, there is real depth in the novice chase division this time around. Um, I think if you've got a, a really good novice chaser this year, you're kind of half gutted that in each division there is a potential star and unless you've got one of those stars it, it could be quite yeah. difficult but you know things can happen but the the one thing with Shish, uh, with Monkfinch really is he seems very straightforward you can put him anywhere in a race he's done it in different ways hasn't he um so I, I don't know whether you could actually find a plan to try and get him beaten what about Chacun Poussois because he was also very, very impressive, um, landing back-to-back -back wins in the Dublin chase. Yeah, he was. He, he was very good. And and I think the thing that you've got to like about Shaq and Passois this year, who I thought going into last year's festival, based on his win in this race last year, I thought he was heading into the festival as a horse that had the best two-mile form in the book. But then on the morning of the race, he was out. And fragility has been his problem, hasn't it? That's been his Achilles heel in his career to this point mm. but this year we've seen him three times we've seen him regular there's not been big gaps between his runs and he's holding his form at a very high level a level that the other two mile chasers aren't hitting um so far this year so again if he just gets there in one piece and the way that this season has gone you've got to think that they're having a much more straightforward passage with him then he is another one that is going to be hard to beat. And like you, couldn't help but be impressed by the way he jumped, travelled and put the race away at the weekend. He also looks a lot more versatile now, doesn't he? You know, it once looked like he was a bit one-dimensional, but that's not the case. He's matured no, and relaxed. He has, and he's, he's, he's going to want to have done. He's nine years of age now, but he, he hasn't had a massive amount of racing behind him because of the fragility issues that they've had. And as you say, he's relaxing these races. He tends to take a lead, doesn't he? Sit just behind whatever's setting the pace and he steadily jumps his way into contention. He stares very well, um, which is, is no bad thing. And he's got that cruising speed. So again, he's going to be a difficult horse to beat. Obviously, if, if some of the others come back to their best form in that division, then he's going to be at, need to be at the peak of his powers. But if, as it stands on this year's form, if he can match what he's been doing, he's going to be good enough. I love what Paul said about him afterwards. What's rare is beautiful. I mean, it kind of sums it up, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, no, it does. And, and he is, a, you know, he's, he's right up there. You know, even if some of the others do bounce right back to where they've been, they, they might well struggle to deal with him. I, I think the other, the other thing with Shacken is we maybe don't quite know how good he is yet. There could be a little bit more in the locker and maybe mm -hmm. the festival will, will push him to, to show that little bit more. It was a bit disappointing at the weekend that Min made that mistake. He was his main rival, seemingly, on paper going into the race. And he was quite swiftly pulled up after that error that he made. So we didn't get to see him take on Shakan further into the race. But I don't think the result would have been any different. Can you see anything beating him at the festival? It's another odds-on favourite, likely. Yeah, not, not really. Um, there, there isn't enough depth there. And as I said, the, the dangers that he's got haven't sparkled have they so far this season you know you look at Deffy Desoy he's, he's been a disappointment so far uh, this season Altior has a question mark against him so you're looking at those obvious dangers to him the other big guns going
going into the season and looking at them and thinking, well, they're not at the level that Shakhtar's at. They're not at the top of their game. He is, and he might still have more to come. And what did you make of Ergamine? Because he was also very impressive in the Irish article. He was, wasn't he? He was, he was brilliant. He's now three from three of offences. And again, he, he looks a real top-notch. I was going into um, this jump season thinking, well, so long as Shishkin is a, an assured jumper and he looked like he was immediately when he was sent over fences, then he's going to be a very tough horse to beat in the article. And that narrative for me hasn't really changed, but I think there was a bit of a spanner in the works um, uh, over the weekend with Anergamin and his performance in the Irish article, because again, the way that he jumped, the way that he travelled was extremely impressive. He has so far over fences and for a lot of his hurdles career, been a horse that does just go on and, and make the running. Now, I don't think that they'll necessarily have to do that. But when you think about the Arkle, um, he's going to be taken on in the early stages of a race, isn't he? Um, you would mm. think with All Mankind, who is a proper tearaway. So they are going to have yeah. to take a lead. Um, one thing that he has got in his favour, Ergamine, that a lot of uh, Arkle winners in recent times have got, is winning form over a longer trip than two miles. Apart from the absolute superstar two-mile chasers that have come out of the Arkle, a lot of them have been horses that stayed really well and they had winning form over two and a half miles. And that is something that Energamine has got if you're looking towards that as a point of the Arkle. So which way are you heading at the moment? Energamine or Shishkin? Uh, Shishkin, still, just. Um, but it, it's made life tougher. I, I, think it, I think that is going to be a fantastic race. And that's a clash where there's not going to be any avoiding each other. They'll go at it. Um, the way that the race develops will be fascinating. Shishkin will be sat in behind them. He'll look to come on and pick them off, I would think. And Ergamin likely to be played earlier, but all mankind who will likely to see at the weekend is going to be a spanner mm. in the works. For what it's worth, he's not a horse that I'll fancy in an article, um, all mankind, but I still think that he'll have a significant part to play in it. So, the weekend made it interesting, but I'd still lean towards Shishkin for all that I was massively impressed by in Ergamin. And what about the bumper at Navan at the weekend where we saw Kilcruet? He looked awesome, didn't he? Yeah, he, he looked he looked very, very good, did uh, Kilcruet at Leopardstown. He'd won at Navan the time before that. Um, the race that he, he won the grade two at, um, at Leopardstown, it's got a fantastic role of honour. Just have a, a look at the... The previous winners of this, Black Bow, who went on to be fin uh, fifth in a champion bumper, Envoilen, who won the champion bumper, and Appreciate It, who was second in a champion bumper. And you watch that back, you'd have been impressed, as impressed by him as any of those on the day that they won it. He was tremendous. I mean, absolutely powered through the race. They'd gone a decent gallop and they weren't exactly finishing off quickly, but he just coasted clear of them with any amount in hand and he looks a real star performer in the making. He does. Willie Mullins and Gordon Elliott have dominated the bumper in the last four years. I think they're two apiece. And the Irish have won it 21 out of 27, 29 runnings. So he is going to be quite a short price. And he looks the obvious Mullins first string. But we've seen yeah. before, it's sometimes the second, third or fourth that can spring a surprise. Absolutely. Well, look at um, uh, uh, when Blackbird ran in it. He was, I think, probably about the, the most fancied one. The, the Mullins team will often throw a few darts at the race, won't they? And, and it's not always um, the one that you expect. But you would have to think that Kilcrow is going to go into Cheltenham now as their leading bumper contender. He's a short enough price, I think. Um, but the, 
the depth in the bumper division in this country isn't that that strong, I don't think. Um, so I would expect it to be Ireland again. What about Kixilios, um, who will now head to the Triumph? You couldn't really fault his performance at the weekend? No, you, I don't think you could. He he won a small field grade one, um, but he won it in a quicker time than appreciate it, won his novice hurdle, uh, the grade one on the card. So from that point of view, he ticks a box. He uh, settled in mid-pack. He travelled nicely. He jumped pretty well. A couple of uh, slightly novice jumps late on, but nothing that you'd worry about massively, I don't think. And talking about domination of the Irish in the bumper, uh, in recent years. Well, domination this season in the juvenile hurdle division from Gordon Elliott, he seems to have all of them yeah. um, lined up. And it's just a case of how he shuffles his pack, really, as to what happens. But uh, Quilixios, who runs in the colours of the Cheveley Park stud, long-time flat owners, but they've got some team of jumpers um, at the minute from a select enough number. And he is now a grade one winner that has to go to the Triumph Hurdle with a good chance. Unlike the other horses that um, Gordon Elliott has got he's he's got those in novice hurdles as options Quilixios isn't a novice because he won a three-year-old hurdle in France and so the triumph is nailed on you would think to be his target okay well let's concentrate on some of the novices we'll start with the supreme and appreciate it another Willie, Mull Willie Mullins hot pot um, is quite short in the betting here what did you make of him at the weekend um I wouldn't want to knock him in any way Emma but he's just a horse that doesn't wow me. And, and that's probably mm. a little bit harsh for a horse that's, that's got his record. Second in a champion bumper and three wins over hurdles, winning them all fairly comfortably. I think what he is, he's a horse that stares very well. I, I think further on in his career, he's not going to be a two-miler. Um, my worry with him in a way would be if you had decent ground uh, on the first day of the festival, which is probably unlikely because they're not, going to want to um you know it's even on a good ground year it's slightly slower on the opening race and the opening day of the meeting because they'll have put some water on hard to envisage watering happening at this stage but um <laughs> if, if it was quickish ground that would be my worry because i think that there might be some faster horses in in the race than him he's a bit like a champagne fever kind of horse um in that he responds very very well off the bridle he's one of those that you wouldn't give up on him if at the bottom of the hill he's shoved along and under a little bit of pressure. I'm sure he'll come home very strong. So, being impressed with him, but not wowed by him. And he is fairly short at the top of the betting. He wasn't quite as breathtaking as he was at Christmas. But as you say, he delivers and he's getting the job done. Yeah, absolutely. And he's a, he's a dual grade one winner now in a top stable. So, you, you can't really get negative on him, can you? It's just a, a point of view of the price, really. You know, I think yeah. I looked last night and he was sort of seven to four. Am I getting four. excited about yeah. seven to four? Not, no. not really. I, I think you can find a, a better, a horse with a better chance at that price. The, the thing in his favour, I don't know what you think, but it's fairly thin on the ground behind him, isn't it? There's, there's not loads of depth to, to the race. No. Where do you start? I mean, obviously Harry Fry's Metier is, is a good starting point. Yeah. Have you liked what he's done so thing. far? Yeah, I, sort of going into um, going into Sandown and the Tolworth, I, I was looking at him and thinking, well, he'll need to win this to uh, to have a chance in in at the festival because it didn't look a brilliant Tolworth, but the clock tells you that it was a pretty good performance. It stacked up well to other races on the card, so 
while I think looking at the horses that he beat, I wouldn't be getting carried away. You look at the time and think, well, he's obviously a talented horse that's going to go there with a chance. And I think looking at time form, mm. time figures, they've got him on a similar sort of level to what Appreciator is at. They've run to, on the clock, a similar standard so far. Um, Metier's done it all on uh, his best on quite deep ground. but it was Quite testing lively. ground, isn't he? Yeah, he has. Although the Times again suggested that at Ascot it wasn't too bad. So, and he's he's, he's a flatbread, isn't he? He's by Master Craftsman. Um, so mm. I think he'll be all right. And we're probably going to see him. I think in a Betfair hurdle, aren't we? Um, so that will yeah. tell us more. But um, I definitely have him high enough up the list. Do you think there's any chance that Barley Adam can turn turn the tables? I do. Yeah, yeah. It, I, I, I do. I, yeah, if I was going to have a bet on the supreme right now it'd be bally adam each way um he's six seven to one i think you look further down the list there's a lot of horses that are probably not going to turn up bally adam's mm. obviously been put in his place by appreciate it a couple of times now but i quite like the way that he traveled into it for a long way at the weekend and then he just didn't finish off but i i'm not convinced that gordon elliott's horses are right at the peak of their form at the minute compared to where they will be in five or six weeks come the Cheltenham Festival. And I think you might see a better performance from Bally Adam. I also think that given that he seems naturally a little bit faster horse than what Appreciate is, Appreciate it is, if the ground was a little bit quicker than, say, at the weekend, then that would help Bally Adam. So uh, it, it's a price-related thing. Uh, Bally Adam each way would be the way that I'd lean at the moment. He certainly looked for a stride or two that he was going to serve it up. To him and she said it's it's much more appealing at sort of the seven to four stroke seven eight to one so yeah that would be your selection i'd go with metier actually purely on the fact i just think there's no value at all with appreciate it at um at seven to four what about the the ballymore because gaia de Maynil was obviously another mullins impressive weekend winner <laughs> he was I, I think i'd be with him um Guy had him uh, many. Um, he was a useful horse in bumpers in France, including when he won on good ground. So his form since he came to Ireland has been on a more testing surface. But I actually look at this fellow and I think that, yes, he's, he's obviously very good on, on quite testing ground, but I think he'll be better on a sounder surface, actually. He seems to have quite a good action. He's got that good ground form in France. He's obviously an exuberant horse. They had the hood on for the first time. Um, at the weekend and you go through his form I know he was beaten on his Irish debut but that wouldn't worry me massively a, a reappearance run at a point of the season where Willie Mullins wouldn't have necessarily everything bang on and since then he's done everything right he won very easily on his next start beating a couple of horses that won um, on their subsequent outing and then he's won uh, the graded race at the weekend over this sort of trip so uh, he's a very strong traveller He's versatile as regards ground. He's already high class. And I think he's got all the attributes to be able to, to go and win a Ballymore. Okay. What about the chances of something like Bob Ollinger? Has he impressed you so far? I quite like him. Yeah, I like him too. Um, couldn't say that you've not been impressed by him. He's, he's only been beaten the once so far in a, a four-race career, including a win in grade one company last time out where he beat Blue Lord. Blue Lord's an interesting horse for the festival. I think he might be an improver when he gets onto better ground, whether he gets better ground at this year's festival, as I've mentioned a couple of times already, I don't know, but I think he, he could be an interesting one, possibly in a Supreme, but looking at his handicap mark, maybe they'll go down that route. 
So Bob Bollinger beat a pretty good horse there, and he was um, comfortably the best of them on the day, wasn't he? And he saw his race out well. But I think he's going to need to improve on that to get to the level that the likes of Gayard de Mainil and Brave Man's Game are at. Mm. I mean, he's still very unexposed, isn't he? It's, it's, you know, there's plenty of guesswork involved. But yeah, I quite like what I've seen. I think he looks a huge talent. Brave Man's Game, just briefly talk about him because that's obviously our, our main English challenger. Uh, he's won his last three. He hasn't ran since the end of December and he's probably unlikely to now. Um, how taken have you been by his winning performances? Yeah, really impressed by him. Um, I, I loved him when I saw him at, News, at uh, Newbury. Um, not in the Challo, but the, the run before. I, I was there that yes. day and saw him win. And, and just as a type, I loved him. And I loved the way that he went about his job there. And immediately afterwards, I think I was working with Nick, Nick Luck that day, and we kind of said, it looks like he'll head straight to the Challo with a very good chance. He went there and he won it, so he's done that part of the bargain. And it's now on to Cheltenham, mm-hmm. you would think, because you say probably straight there. He's he's a very talented horse, and I can't really knock him in any way, but my suspicion is that there's just more depth to the races in Ireland than than the ones in England. And for that reason, I'd rather be with the, the Irish form going into the meeting, I think, in these novice hurdles in the main. And uh, Gaillard de Mainil, I think, would just be preferred to Brave Man's Game. Mm, yeah, so to, yeah, to summarise, uh, <laughs> Willie Mullins is cleaning up at the moment. Every horse that we talk about um, is dominating the market. I'm going to go against him just because I quite like what I've seen with with, um, with Bob Ollinger. We'll move on to the Albert Bartlett because this is very open, isn't it? And you need a certain type of horse to win this race. They need to be tough. They need to stay. They need to do all of that. Definitely need to be tough and stay. It, it was a race that for a long time, sort of, you've got a, well, even in recent times, you've had a fair few surprises in it. There's been horses that you just couldn't really envisage winning that, that have won. If you went back sort of five or six years to, was it very Wood that won it, horses like that, and there were horses that were completely off the radar and they'd had a, a bit of racing. It has been won in more recent times by horses that you've maybe thought have had a bit more of a unexposed profile like some monkfish manella indo kilbrick and storm hadn't had a a huge amount of racing beforehand um but they weren't all that easy to find i think the anti-post betting for this is about eight ten to on the field isn't it and that is a fair summary of where we're at I, i don't think it's that easy to to pick between them really we were having a brief chat about this earlier and you were saying it's one of those races that quite often you end up forming your view quite close to the time because yeah. it, at the moment it looks very open. It does, yeah. I mean, you, you look at the, the horse that's Antipo's favourite is Stackler. Well, you'd be surprised if he didn't mm. run. He's, he's going to stay and he's owned by Ronnie Bartlett who sponsors the race. So I think you'd be fairly sure while with some of these novice hurdles, you, you're kind of looking and you're thinking, well, Will will that horse run in that race or will they go for the Ballymore? With him, I'd be fairly sure that's where he's going to line up. But then equally, the horses that are in there and around him in the market, the likes of Fakira um, and Gentleman's Game, they are also... It's not that, that much between them. Obviously, go. they were second, yeah, second, third and fourth, weren't they, behind yeah. Gayard and Maynil. Um at different points to take out of the out of all of them, really. I guess um, Gentleman's Game was the horse that um, Statler looks like he needs further, doesn't he? 
you know, he got nabbed yeah. on the line for second. Um, yeah. Fakira, again, looks like this one needs further yeah. because was doing like its best work at the finish. And yeah. so it's, it's how you interpret the last, yeah, the, 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 how you interpret the race and how it's going to unfold at Cheltenham. Yeah, you've, you've ridden in races, I haven't. I know you didn't ride many other hurdles that out, but still. Um, <laughs> or none. <laughs> <laughs> but if you were on a horse, if, if you were going into the meeting, I think you'd be happier, yeah. personally, with say a gentle i know it's it could be a real stamina test and this is on its head if we have rain on gold cup morning and it's bad ground but even over two miles six furlongs in a well enough run race fakira with headgear on there's the clue didn't really travel he does his best work at the finish but cheltenham mm -hmm. although it tests stamina it also tests speed less so on the course that the albert bartlett is on i guess but I do have a worry that he just wouldn't hold his position well enough. I think he is all about stamina and he'd need the race yeah. to be a brutal test. To me, the biggest price of the three that, that come out of that race at the weekend in the anti-first market is the one that finished ahead of the other two. And I'm sure that he'll improve for going up. Yeah, and I'm sure he'll improve for going up in trips. So, you know, I'd look towards him. Mouse Morris has won the race before as well. I totally agree. He's very unexposed as well. He's got very little mileage on the clock and you'd have thought the experience will bring him on. You would think so. Um, and, and as you say, he, he nabbed Statler on the line, didn't he, over two, mile, three, two and three quarter miles. I would think that he'll yeah. probably progress again. And had they gone a little bit further, well, I know Statler probably needs a bit further. He was tired, wasn't he? You know, the, the, distance, the, the distance between the second and third would have only been bigger. Yeah, it would. And, and Fakir is definitely the one that kind of catches your eye late on in the way that he's, he's finishing off. But as I say, he's just one of those horses that I think he, he might be a touch lazy and whatever the trip, he's going to lose his pitch a little bit and, and he'll need them to be coming back to him. There's a couple of interesting enough runners from the British stables as well that we shouldn't discount. Paul Nichols has got the likes of three under three, five who won at Musselburgh yesterday. He's got Barbados Bucks who stays really well and is progressing so they're horses that you can throw into the mix and an interesting one of uh, philip hobbs called stella magic who's only had two starts both of them at taunton a completely different track to what he'd face at cheltenham but he's unbeaten in those two starts and he's looked pretty good in doing so he's bred to stay pretty well i've no idea if they'll throw him into this race it'd be a big jump up in trip they probably won't but i'd keep an eye on him okay that's brilliant thank you very much indeed that's our look at uh, the novice hurdles and a reflection on what, um, what happened at the trials at Leopardstown at the weekend. So I'll be back on Thursday and we'll be looking ahead to some key races of the weekend. And yeah, it's been a pleasure. Chris, thank you very much indeed. And we will endeavour over the course, like I said, of the next six weeks to find you some winners.